we don't need to do that. We always have the automatic <laughs> intro music now. <laughs> We've got it over the top. Uh, but welcome back, listeners. Episode we number 36. 36. Wow, 36. Not 24 or number two. Who are some of your number well-known eight. number 36s in sport? Oh, wow. I don't even know if I can pick any number 36. Who wore number 36? Anyone? Uh, in rugby league, it would have been reserve graders back in the day, so they yeah. don't count. Yeah. Um, current number 36s that I know. Oh, Google it. Hold Probably, on well, I'm going to say... We we'll have d- our producer nugget Well, here I definitely tonight. know it's Marcus Smart from Marcus the Boston Smart. Celtics. He's okay. a current number 36. Yeah. And Shaq yeah. used to wear 36 yeah. in his um, stint with Boston back in the day. Yep. Right. Who wears number 36 in the NBA? Shaquille O'Neal. Or number 36 did, with the yeah. Boston Celtics. He did. Wow. Shackatized. Yeah. Jerome Bettis in the NFL. Yeah, okay. Retired NFL running back. I feel Pittsburgh there's a lot Steelers. of a lot of numbers you have in the NFL which you don't get in the NBA. It's very uncommon to have numbers like 36. It's not yeah. a basketball number. No, it's not a very big basketball number, is it? No. Very good. Well, we're here, number 36, and what are we going to talk about this time, Streety? Well, we've actually got some breaking news. Some breaking news. This is news. the first time we've ever actually had some breaking news on Sports and Spit. But if you've been on the internet in the last 25 minutes, this won't be breaking news to you. And by the time you hear this, tomorrow... It probably won't be breaking news to you either. You'll, you'll know the story. But, yeah, but big news out of the world of swimming. The sun has set... On Sun Yang. Sun Yang. Yes. See you later, Sunny. This Chinese cheating mofo has yep. been handed an eight-year ban. Absolutely. By the Court of Arbitration for Sport. Couldn't happen to a nicer arsehole. Now, yes. because so this... like we are sticklers for the rules here at Sports and Spin. Yep. Yep. We do not like drug cheats. No, definitely not. No, definitely or not. Or cheats of any kind. Or cheats of any kind. That's right. Yep. We are sports purists. Yep. Yep. Oh, except when it comes to running so, shoes, I'm pretty happy to get yeah. an advantage there. So, for listeners out there, you're a bit of a, you know, knowledgeable swimming fan. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do. Just, like just give our listeners a bit of a recap exactly on who Sun Yang is and where he's come from. Ah, okay. So Sun Yang is obviously one of the biggest rivals of Mac Horton, right? So Australia's one of Australia's swimming golden boys at the moment. Um, but Sun Yang is a product of of the Chinese doping regime that the communist government really kind of started probably back not long after the 2000 Olympics. And there's been, there was huge uproar over the Chinese women's swimming team. um, I think leading into the 2000 summer Olympics in in Sydney, uh, then which was then wound or unwound basically in years after um, with regards to huge evidence of, of a systemic doping program. Um, Sun Yang is a controversial figure in the sense of he has tested positive before um, and I believe he was handed a ban uh, but it was it was one of those bans where basically I think I'll probably have to remember this rightly but it was like one of those really a ban but not a ban right like so where the the doping body kind of like a suspended sentence yeah or says a backdated one right like where they go oh yeah even though you've competed, the ban started 12 months ago and and it's 12-month ban so you can compete tomorrow, right? So <laughs> just a ridiculous, like just this bullshit load of crap where basically everybody knew that he was a doper. Yeah. And 
the controversy with Mac Horton started, I think, probably just after the Rio Olympics. Yeah. Um, where called him out uh, on it? Yeah, he called him out on it. He basically called him a drug cheat, right? Or yep. was it just after or just before? Um, anyway, but then Mac Horton actually got a surprise victory over Sun Yang um, at the Olympics and in the four hundred free, and um, their rivalry kind of continued. The Chinese swimming team demanded an apology from Mac Horton, but he basically told him to get fucked. Um, and rightly in, so. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely. think he's justified yeah. in that in that call now. Yeah, and it was all heightened recently, probably a bit over a year or so ago. Um, when so probably I think it was about two years ago, if I remember. I, these dates probably aren't correct, but anyway, Sun, what Sun Yang was accused of was is actually not at this particular point in time. He wasn't caught doping again, but what he was caught doing and what he was charged with was impeding doping controls. So. Yep. Um, he, you may know the story, obviously, where he um, instructed a security guard that worked for his team, or someone in his team instructed them to smash a vial of blood that a doping control officer had taken of Sun Yang's, um, in order for it not to be tested. And the reasoning or the defence that Sun Yang gave in his recent trial um, was that he did that because the doping control officer didn't use the correct credentials or didn't have the correct credentials, and that Sun Yang and his team felt like potentially he was being set up, to that his sample was going to be contaminated, and so he wanted to destroy it in order to protect his own innocence. Um, the World Anti-Doping Agency obviously called that a load of shit. I haven't seen anything around the ruling or anything like yep. that yet, but what I have seen obviously is what you just announced, which is that he has been banned from competing in all forms of the sport for eight years, which is a significant amount of time. It is. It pretty much all but ends his career. Yeah, it does. I mean, there'll be a significant amount of appeals. And, of course, China as a, as a country and then therefore as a sporting body, um, the Chinese Swimming Association will have significant power. And so they I don't think this Olympics is where... They have a Winter Olympics coming up there? Uh, Two years, I think. Yeah, I think that's true, actually. Mm. Um, I, I don't actually think this is where the Sun Yang case will end. No. I think this is just one of the initial kind of... Like another chapter... Um, pardon me. Um, so do you sorry, think it's what, a given that he'll compete in the Olympics this year? Uh, no, I don't think he will compete in the Olympics this year. In order to save face, FINA, the World Swimming Association, basically need to um, keep Sun Yang out of the competition. Yeah. Um, because it is it, because it all escalated completely when not just Mac Horton, but a number of swimmers at last year's World Championships directly called Sun Yang out by actually refusing to stand on the podium with him um, after he had defeated them and, and won yeah. gold medals. Um, and that was a pretty clear message to administrators that athletes weren't going to stand around and let this continue to happen. Yep. Um, that clean athletes in sport were, in the sport were going to stand up and basically say, enough's enough. And and it was a bit of a watershed moment, right? Like, I mean, mm. you know... you. It's one thing calling somebody a drug cheat after the Olympics or before the Olympics, but to actually bring it into the arena and into the actual the the medal ceremonies, that is a significant step in in athletes taking back the power in their sport. You know exactly, um, and I think we're actually seeing something similar over in the MLB in the states with the whole Houston Astros oh, thing, absolutely. which yep. the Major League came out and put some sanctions and some fines against. You know, the yeah, managers they were pretty and piss weak, weren't they? The, they were piss weak. A lot of players now are, are sort of um, coming out and yeah. sort of speaking against the, the lack of punishment. That's right. Um, and I don't think this story is going to stop or slow down over there with regards 
to the punishment. What I think no. is um, where most people now are angling at mm. is that the Astros be stripped yep. of their World Series wins in 2017. Yeah. Well, that's the main um, controversy, isn't it? The players yeah. and the fans themselves of other teams have said... You cannot let them keep those titles. No. You have to strip them, even if it's ceremonially strip them, because really that's all it is anyway. Yeah. But the commissioner of the Major League Baseball came out and basically said, "Well, you know, what's the point of that? It's only it's you know it doesn't mean much or that kind of thing. You know, well, it does we, yeah, cheapens well, his exactly. the reason why he play. I, I can't believe he would say that. Like, yeah. it basically then cheapens. Like when you're going to ask your players then to chase and get through 182 games in your regular season to chase that meaningless title that you're not going to put any value in, yeah. then you just basically cheapened your whole product. It's yeah. just, it's baffling. And, and they're doing it from a PR perspective. They don't want the controversy. No, but, and, in, but yeah. it's worked in reverse because they're actually generating more controversy and negative press by well, not really addressing it and coming down heavy. It's just, the same as cycling, right, isn't it? It's the way that it's the yeah. reason that they held Lance Armstrong. Quickly back to uh, to Sun Yang and and, uh, and that situation. Mm. Um, he's currently China's biggest sporting star. Yep. Uh, and in Olympic year, it's a pretty devastating yeah. uh, blow to the uh, Chinese uh, aspirations. I mean, they're obviously going to win plenty of um, medals, mm. or you would think they would. Um, with this yeah. situation, yep. do you think um, there may be calls or do you think we'll see um, boycotts from Chinese athletes or the Chinese team oh, that's a good question. in general? Yeah. And will they uh, then use the coronavirus as, <laughs> as uh, an excuse. a veiled excuse? You know, I'll answer the question first around Sun Yang and, and then we'll probably naturally morph into a discussion about the Tokyo Olympics because... Because Sun Yang is an extremely popular athlete in China. He is probably their most popular. And the controversy around the actions of those swimmers at the World Championships um, were significant. There was a lot of blowback from China, the Chinese public, mm. um, from China, other Chinese athletes. They love Sun Yang for whatever reason. They love the guy. Yeah. And, and they do think he's innocent, you know. Um, and Even though he's, he's a cheat and what they actually get told from their state-sponsored yeah. state and run media mm. is uh, definitely not what has no. probably actually transpired. Absolutely, not at all. So I, I do think that there will be a chance. It's, as I said, I don't think this is the last we've heard of the Sun Yang story. No. And it could be boycotts. But but i got to tell you, Streety, there are so many more questions going around the Tokyo Olympics. I mean, firstly, does it go ahead? And yep. we'll touch on that a little bit later. Um, but... The other big question is, if it goes ahead, will the IOC actually let the Chinese team participate? Mm. Uh, because the reality is, is obviously... They've got the biggest team? They do have the biggest team. And any mass participation event at the moment in the world, regardless of what it is, must be under threat. It, mm. it, like the, if a pandemic gets declared... And, and well, it you, continues you, you to You can't spread. have mass gatherings. It's, can, isn't that illegal? Oh, yeah, I believe so. I think the World Health Organization has said... Um, yeah, any mass gathering of people in a pandemic is, is yeah, illegal. You can't, right. can't do it. Yeah, and so it will mean huge changes. And so it very well really could be that regardless, if the Tokyo Olympics are lucky enough to go ahead, which yeah. is doubtful at this stage, then Chinese team themselves may be excluded from the event. There's only a one ever instance in the history of the Olympics um, where the Olympics have been cancelled. Yep. Um, 
It was scheduled to go ahead, but cancelled. Mm-hmm. Can you guess what year that was and the reason? Oh, um, I did know this at some stage. Uh, no, it escapes me right now. It was 1940 and yeah. a bloke called Adolf Hitler yeah, was the yeah, reason yeah. why it was yeah. cancelled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, was that World War Two? was it? Yeah. World War? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I guess the Australian swim team may be celebrating or getting on their Twitter, on their, their WhatsApp chats and... Um, Throwing a few virtual high fives around tonight. They probably are. Um, but what, what do we think Mac Horton's up to? What do we think Mac Horton's up to? Well, we read in the news the other day actually that Mac Horton, what he won't be doing is having his old school's aquatic facility named after him. Yeah, this is so, an interesting story. So he, uh, so Mac Horton was uh, um, uh, an ex Caulfield Grammar student, and if you know Caulfield Grammar in Melbourne. Probably um, produced maybe half of the AFL players in this current All Star game. Quite possibly, it's it's quite an elite school down there. Private um, schools produce the best talent. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a theory about that, isn't there? I'm Definitely. not so sure. That's true. Cultured, well spoken, and educated, well rounded athletes. That's right. Yeah, we can thank one of our dedicated listeners, Daniel Giles, for that theory. But anyway, um, we don't necessarily carry the same belief. But Caulfield Grammar recently decided Mac Horton is an ex student there. And their only Olympic gold medalist as yep. an ex-student. Um, they're one of those schools that's got plenty of money to burn. And so they have just started construction of a $25 million aquatic facility that was due to be named after Mac Horton until the controversy with Sun Yang blew up. And Hold on. The school's building a swimming pool yep. worth 25 mil. That's right. Yeah. Jeez, these private schools. Oh, mate, I tell you, that probably half of that's probably government funding. Yeah. So, no, so. well, that's probably where some of that sports scandal money went. It probably from, is uh, yeah. too. Yeah, absolutely. Whilst the um, you know the the Burua Rugby Club desperate need of some uh, toilets in their change rooms. Some tackling got, bags got shafted. Did the Burua Bush Pigs. Where? The Bur- is that a real team? Oh, probably. Don't you? You're just making that up. I made the name up, but... Um, That's a pretty good name, actually. Yeah, Burra Bushpigs. Burra. Is Burra a real place? place? It is. Yeah, wow. Well, yeah. I'm sure if they need a team... Central West New South Wales. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Burra. Yeah, anyone uh, from, from Burra who knows people in Burra, we love you, Burra. That's right. If, if, we, ever, if we ever did a, a, a sports and spit road show... We'll come through Burra. Yeah, Burra is definitely right. going to be on That'd the map. That would be pretty good, actually. We could go to country sports. We could go on a country yep. road show. And uh, we might have been Googled throughout the course of this show if there is, in fact, a Burra rugby team and what they're... Um, yeah, let's have a look. Burra. But so, poor old Mac Orton, he's not going to be opening that aquatics facility because they didn't name it after him because the team was... Uh, sorry, the school was worried about um, protecting their Chinese business interests. They've got a campus in China. They've got a lot of Chinese students at their campus in Melbourne and they felt like it would be too much of a risk and alienate too many of their business interests if they let him have the aquatic facility named after him. So they pulled the option. So anyway, it's an interesting one. Chinese, the influence of China as a country is quite significant. I mean, they certainly have a lot of pull politically, economically. Mm. Yeah. Uh, They pretty much have a large say in whatever happens globally these days. Absolutely. Um, So I I think their impact on the Olympics, whether they're there, not Mm. there, whether they threaten to not go, Mm. um, that'll obviously be a developing story and no doubt we'll cover it. Yeah. Um, So yeah, Mac Horton, whilst he's, uh, I think he might have a couple of quiet young Henrys with a few mates tonight. I think there'll be a bit of I told you so and it'd be a bit of a relief for Mac Horton, but he'll... Uh, he'll want to be remaining focused on probably the upcoming trials for the Olympics for the Australian team. 
and just doing his best. I mean, he, you know, but good on you, Mac, for speaking out and basically taking the power back within your sport. Yeah, that's mm. it. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, um, recently, uh, as we are on the eve of, uh, we're pretty much in preseason for the footy. Yeah. Um, this little segment that we're calling here is the All-Star Autopsy. All-Star Autopsy. So in the last seven days... There's a few All-Star games, hasn't there? There has been, yep. One on right now. So currently on the TV, we have the AFL All-Star game, and that was thrown together pretty quick as a like a bushfire relief yeah. concert. Uh, concert. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how many years it's been since they game, actually game had of an official yeah. State of Origin match in AFL. We had the NRL All-Stars last week, the Indigenous All-Stars versus, versus the, the Maori, Maori All-Stars. All mm. Did you watch any of the games, Trudy? Um, no. Yeah, okay. I watched a little bit of it. Um, mm. I, I caught the score. Mm. Um, I don't know how I feel about the NRL All-Star game and the preseason in general. Mm. Um, I think that if, if I'm a coach or a you know, GM of a club... I don't know if I want my players playing in these games. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, the the NRL All-Star game came out with a pretty heavy injury toll. Yeah. Especially for some of the Indigenous stars. I know that they were there was a lot of injuries out of that game. Yeah, and I, I obviously understand the need and the want um, mm. to represent your culture, yep. um, both from the Indi uh, Aboriginal and the Maori guys. Yeah, so it's absolutely. definitely an event that um, that is, um, you know, yeah. you got to have. Definitely. But I don't know whether the timing of it needs to change to a post. Well, we have it sort of maybe even um, in the middle rep season break. Yep. So players that don't sort of, you know, participate in the origins or tests or ha yeah. have it in that window. Could play in that. Well, there was a big, there was a bit of call of a call for uh, for considering that after the most recent NRL All-Star yeah. game because of the injury list. It was a talk of... Is it too early in the year, and are the guys actually ready to play a game at that pace? Yeah. Because I did watch the game, and I tell you, they didn't hold back. It wasn't an NBA All Star game. Yeah. Like it was a pretty full on. We're going to bash you. You know, it. There was a bit of heart in it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 Um, I I probably saw more TikToks. Yeah. Uh, clips from NRL players. Yeah. Um, namely Josh Adokar and yep. Blake Ferguson. Yep. TikToking all over the shop up at the right. Gold Coast. Yeah. Um, then what I did... So you follow TikTok? Did see the game. No, no, I just... You know, TikTok crosses over to other stuff. And yeah, just, okay. Everything's a cross-platform posting and all that That's stuff. That's true. Sort yeah, of stuff. absolutely. Um, AFL All-Star Game. It's looking pretty good. It is. Yeah, yeah. Big crowd, as, as yeah. always. Yeah. Um, good to see some of the So it's a different names. concept. It's, it's a state of origin, but it's Victoria versus the All-Stars. Yep. So obviously a collection of people from New South Wales, Queensland, Tasmania, South Australia, I'm sure. Yeah. Whereas I think the traditional AFL All-Star game was Victoria versus South Australia. Yes. Mm. So anyway, that's an interesting one. The yeah, boys, boys aren't holding back out there either. I remember they used to have second tier games between WA and New South Wales or New South Wales and yeah. Queensland, but it was yeah. never quite yeah. quite there. Uh, are they all stars or the allies? I think at one point they were they called the allies. Uh, in this particular game, at least they're they're named the all stars. All I don't stars. know whether whether that's I don't know allies might be yeah. a nickname. The all star allies. I don't know. But there's a lot of guys going hard at each other and hard at teammates, which is good to see. Yeah. The AFL is only about three weeks, four weeks away now. Yep. So NRL starting soon, and we two weeks. Our next episode yeah. most likely will be the NRL. Preview. preview, and yeah. we might even throw the AFL one in there together yeah, with that. Yeah, might as well. Um, 
Now, the other All-Star game that we had the weekend before last... Ah, yes. ...was the NBA All-Star game. And didn't you get excited about that game? I well, did. Well, at least you got excited about the fourth quarter, didn't you? I did, and I, I haven't met someone that, apart from you, who, um, <laughs> and however, our pessimistic mate Duffy, um, who didn't actually enjoy it, and I would... Think as no, well that behind closed that's... doors, you would actually have enjoyed that last fourth quarter. Well, I t- must. I, what I will say to you is this: I haven't seen any of the game. Yeah, well, I, I didn't watch any. Right. So hold on, you've been judging it <laughs> when you didn't see it. Uh, I saw. I saw the highlights, so I didn't sit down and watch the whole fourth quarter. I'll admit that to you, right? Yeah. Before I before I pulled your chain a bit about it, but but I would say this: the highlights that I saw. The thing about it is, let me put this in a bit of context. You were very excited about that game. You claimed that that game was the best collection of talent that you'd seen on a basketball court, apart from the infamous training scrimmage between the 1992 Dream Team members. You said that could be the best game ever played. Is that right? I did. That's a fair stretch. Well, th- think about it. I have. It's still a fair stretch. Okay, name me an instance where you would have had a collection of talent as good as that mm. that would have played as hard as that. But I don't think they played very hard. That's my that's I my think point the fourth quarter they played hard. No, I don't. It, I, it, it, I still it, it, saw... The thing was... You've you got to watch it. You've got to you watch the calls and yeah. the, all the players are blowing up in the ref's face. Like they w- did not want to... Be on the end of a wrong call. Yeah, but blowing up in the ref's face is not playing hard. I mean, I but, know no, that's but, how you passed off but, playing hard for and most of your career. And they also were playing pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. Well, but but what I saw was guys were still chest bumping at halfway after a dunk as the ball went down the lane yep. outside them in an outlet and they and were getting scored on, right? Now, they might have been playing hard on the offensive end, yeah, but I didn't see a whole lot of defense still being played. I mean, it was still an all-star game, so I, I still don't believe. I believe that I would still struggle. I will admit that I would still struggle to name for you another collection of talent on the court at one time that would rival that. I get that, but I don't think that talent was playing at anywhere near a hundred percent. Okay, here is my point. I'm going to read this verbatim from our group chat. Okay. That fourth quarter of the All-Star game was awesome. So many things to say about this game. Deserves its own pod, Macca. And I said no. (laughs) This is the hardest I've ever seen superstars go at it because we never saw the greatest game ever played. Yeah. Okay? And the greatest game ever played you're referring to is obviously the the much-talked-about infamous scrimmage match, sorry, or training match. Um, between the members of the 1992 Dream Team. Yes. Which is commonly known throughout the sport as basically the best team to ever grace the court. Yes. So, and there was... And their five-on-fives would have been... Well, for many years they did say that... Their practices were... Were were the hardest games that they ever played. Yes. Mm. So... I think there's a bit of mythology about that as well, too. Because the boys were on that for a bit of a bit of a... Junket tour as well. Yeah, but also too, I mean, there's a lot of egos. Like you know, Jordan's like going, I'm with the other twelve guys. I'm going to prove to these guys that mm. I legitimately am the best of all of you blokes. But that's why I think there's a lot of egos, right? Like an egos will tell and you that there, you I mean, hard. there is now. Yeah. Oh, you don't think uh, that the LeBron doesn't want to go at, at the Greek freak and 
Yeah, he James would've. Harden wants to show that he can step up in big moments, which yeah. he didn't. But ever since Paul George put himself basically um, broke his leg in seven different places, yeah, training for Team USA, I don't really. I feel like the heat's probably gone out of their scrimmages a little bit, right? Like when someone put him into the no doubt. Put himself into the but into the this this was a competitive game with the result, and obviously um, this All Star game. Uh, it's yeah, I guess its meaning was a little bit heightened with the whole Kobe thing. Yeah, so I will agree a, with that. There was a bit of emotion involved in that. The but, thing that I will give you is it would have been, I think, the most competitive all-star game you will have seen. No doubt. But it's still an all-star game. It is. How many, when you said well, I guess this my deserved point is, its own pod, how many storylines do you think came out of the fourth quarter of the all-star game? Watch it and then you'll probably find a few. <laughs> it was the most competitive game that I've seen. For a quarter. Yes, okay. One quarter. Okay, I'll, I'll give you the quarter. Yeah. Okay, so, because it definitely so you was. you can't say it was the most competitive game. It has to Mo- be the, the most, most competitive, competitive quarter. quarter. Okay, right. but was it even a quarter because it wasn't timed? So, that's a good story. There is a storyline there that we haven't spoken yes. about. The Elon so, ending. So, what made this so competitive is mm. this game, the fourth quarter, they adopted a different ending mm-hmm. and they adopted what's known as the Elam ending. Yep. Which basically means at the end of the third quarter... They uh, have a number that they add to the team in the lead. So in this case, um, uh, you know, Team Giannis yep. had a seven-point lead, I yep. think it was. Yep. They had predetermined that the, the target score for the fourth quarter would be 24. Yeah. So uh, if it was 131, they added 24, yep. which made it, uh, what's that? 155. 155. So yep. the winning score was, say, 155, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, LeBron's team was down seven or nine at the end of that, so they had then had to score thirty-one twenty-four in order to win. That's right. So that we were kind of trashed that concept. Oh, 24, they'll rack up that po- those points in no time. Yeah. Now the actual timing from the start of that quarter to the end of the game was forty-two minutes. Oh yeah, right. So they didn't actually play forty-two minutes of court time. It was no, forty-two no. minutes of real time, which is yep. actually longer than a standard twelve-minute quarter. Okay. With timeouts and TV breaks. Yep. Now, I think. The beauty of this ending is that um, unlike some games, you know, with two or three minutes left on the clock, if the lead's 10 or 12 points, mm. teams will just throw the towel in. So you have just yeah. a pretty boring end to a game. Sure. Um, and, you know, people leave and stuff like that. Yeah. This, this particular way to end a game, mm. it's it's never over until mm-hmm. it's over. So yeah. you're always in with the shot. Yeah. So if you can defend yeah. and prevent the other team from scoring, yeah. if, as long as you can put the ball in the bucket, you can get yourself back into a game and sometimes even win the game. Yeah. So the Elam ending first started to come out in basketball in the basketball tournament, yep. the summer tournament that's run as a winner-takes-all cash prize. Yep. And it was first developed by a guy called Nick Elam, I think it's Nick, who at the time was a middle school principal in the United States. But yep. he was a member of Mensa, the High IQ Society. Yeah. And he developed the system in response to the boredom that he had watching games become foul fests and um, where teams would desperately basically try and chuck up horrible shots at the end of the game. Yeah. So he crunched the numbers and worked out ultimately that that strategy from his calculations worked about 1.5% of the time and added a significant amount of game time to the, to the game and he felt like it was ruining the game yeah and the basketball tournament which is an invitational tournament one game knockout type scenario 
have a number of playing games and they tested the concept. They did it a little bit differently to the NBA. The original Elam ending was that with four minutes to go yeah. in the final quarter, the leading team had need like so so basically with four minutes to go the clock was turned off. Yeah. And the leading team so the tar- a target score was created. Yeah. And that target score was seven points more than the leading team's current score when the clock was turned off. Yeah. Right? So again, if it was they were on a hundred, then they the winning team had to score hundred and seven. Yeah. So if the other team was on ninety eight, they had to score nine points, whereas the leading team only had to score seven. Yeah. So anyway, and what his theory what um Elam's theory obviously was Nick Elam's theory was was that teams would then put away the fouls because obviously they didn't want to give away cheap points yep. and actually play competitively yep. the last minutes of the game, which I think is what it achieved in the, in the All-Star game. Absolutely. But I think there are many other variables that made that quarter the most competitive quarter that you may have ever seen. Well, I think there was an undeniable will for these players to not lose. Yeah. And knowing that they are not playing against the clock and yeah. they're playing against a score or trying to reach a target yeah. um, was good. Yeah. Uh, I think it brought out probably, you know, as we saw, the best lot of players, you know. Yeah. Chris Paul, who a lot of people have written off as, you know, being a bit washed, you know, with a new team, traded away. Yeah. Um, looked like he was, you know, five years younger. Yeah. Big competitor. Um, I think the I think the the respect that players wanted to show Kobe Bryant it will is a big factor and I don't think you'll see that competitiveness next year. I tend to disagree. A lot of the feedback from the players were that they really enjoyed or they liked that that ending to a game. Mm. So I kind of think that the Elam ending with a few modifications will So you're talking about they can't win it on a free throw? Because it's kind of a bit pointless, right? Like well, like you Okay, you... I'll argue that point in a sec. Yeah. But okay. I, I I do agree that um Ending a game on a shot in play is the way to go. Yeah. Um, in the future. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily disagree with the way it was uh, won in this instance, because yeah. when Anthony Davis got a mismatch on Kyle Lowry and LeBron fed it to him. Yeah. Um, Kyle Lowry made the smart play by mm. fouling and putting him on the line. Yeah. If he doesn't foul him, you've got a seven footer on a bloke that's six foot four. He's going to back him in the paint and just get an easy shot. But yeah, but think about by it. By fouling and putting him on the line, he yeah. missed the first one. Yeah. So there was extra pressure. Imagine if he missed that foul shot, and the yeah. and the game keeps going. Okay. Yeah, but imagine, but imagine this, right? What, so what I what I don't really understand is if because there was uproar after the game, saying not uproar, but but a few players kind of came out and said, well, Joel Embiid, I think was one of them, said, I liked the concept, but it shouldn't. The game shouldn't finish on a free throw. It should finish on a basket in the I agree. game, right? But but thinking about it this way, how do you how do you achieve that? Because if if you say okay. No free throws are turned off for the Elam ending, right? Well, in that situation, Kyle Lowry is mismatched with Anthony Davis in the post underneath the basket. What do you think Kyle Lowry's going to do? He's just going to bridge Anthony Davis as hard as he can so that then he doesn't get a shot off. And yeah, he gets a foul call, but he knows he's not going to go to the line. Maybe it might they've be like still a, got a, maybe, st- maybe, maybe on an intentional foul, they do like hockey and they have to sit off a possession and they play five on four. If you intentionally foul, if you can't go the foul line, mm. you have to punish him in another way. You're starting so, to you're starting to not just change the ending of the game. You're starting to change a hell of a lot about the game in basketball, and it becomes yeah, I more understand basketball. that. But you know, but it, so like in order it. to manufacture an outcome, like I, like in the end, yeah, I think there are other ways to achieve that. But I get it. Like I, I like I like the Elam ending. I think it's a good theory. I don't necessarily think there was 
there was some talk out of it saying, you know, in 10 years' time, you won't see a fourth quarter in games because you'll everything will be the Elam ending. The NBA will have the Elam ending for regular season and playoff games. And honestly, I, I hope they don't. Like, there's a place for it in... I can see that happening, and mm. I think they'll trial it. They're talking about a mid-season tournament. If they use it in the mid-season tournament, if the NBA has one, fine. I think that'll take I'm happy place. with that. But if you care. go back 25 years, and if you had have said, you know, geez, three and three basketball is going to be Olympic sport, I laughed at you. No, no fucking way. As if. 20 years ago, three on three was pretty popular. It's coming around in a cycle. Yeah, I know. What I'm saying is that all these sort of, you know, alternative sports yeah. that were originally started in the X Games and now yeah. becoming fully-fledged Olympic sports. That's fine, but but they are sports in their own right. They're not. That's not a concept that's influencing the five-on-five game. But you don't think three-on-three? Three it's is... a little bit like... It's it's a little bit like... No, but what I'm saying is having a, having three-on-three three as, as an option for basketball players and basketball fans does not change anything to do with the NBA and the way it's played as a five-on-five five game. Yeah, but I mean, you so, still, you've so still it's a different concept. You've manipulated the game of basketball to a, a totally sure. different thing. Yeah, absolutely. But but and if you like that sort of stuff, you can go over there and watch three on three. But you still have an option of watching five on five. Yeah. But if you if what you said was the NBA is now a three on three league, then I think you would have a problem, right? No, so it's not a three on three league, but you can no, just it's a see one on one league. At the you moment, can see that with way. time, a concept can become yeah, can become a mainstream it. thing. Yeah. And if, you know, I think the biggest validation for a sport is becoming an Olympic sport. So yeah. for three and three basketball to become an Olympic event sure. and count towards a medal tally yeah. is, you know, I would use that as a test case to say, well, maybe changing the rules and abridging an end can, you know, the, the game can evolve because yeah. if, if, you're, if you're a ticket buyer and you go to a game, you, you, you know, travel all the way from, you know, Australia to an NBA game and mm. you watch, you know, LeBron and they're up by 25 and he sits off the fourth quarter. Yeah. You're not going to enjoy that. No, I get that. But so you, you want to see the best players play to the end. You do, and, and have games decide, decided that way. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that's what comes with the significance of the games that you get into in playoffs and NBA finals and those sort of things. Look, becoming an Olympic sport these days does not necessarily legitimize the sport. What I my my defense to that statement is more that the Olympics is got trying to, to remain relevant. Yes, right? and yes, so I agree. You know. It, like still having fencing and softball in there. No offense to anybody who plays those sports, but I think there's probably a good reason why those were left out, right? Time and surfing softball. and three-on-three basketball were accepted in. You know, the the X Games concept drove is the totally. is the driver of yeah. the Olympic Games actually having yeah. to look at sports like that to yeah. maintain a relevance to younger audiences. But anyway, I, look, I. I like the Elam ending, and I do think it was a good all-star game, but I think it was still an all-star game. It was an all-star game, and I think we saw something that we haven't seen in a long time, and mm. that's got a lot of people excited and, yeah, and maybe overexcited, yeah, yeah. in your words. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, from a viewer's point of view, thought it was, it was really good TV. It was, yeah, it was great yeah. entertainment, yeah. and it was really good to see players go that hard, in, the best of the best yeah, go agree. hard in, in that situation, even if it was only for a quarter. Yeah, um, you know, it's great to have a concept that has that has allowed, or has yeah. drawn at least competitiveness out of those players yeah. in that game. Like the day that Steph Curry laid down on the free throw line when he was about to get dunked on in an All Star game, was probably at the day 
not was well before that, but it was about the day where you just went, this is a Harlem Globetrotters <coughs> game. This That's is not, right. This is ridiculous. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's here to stay in the all-star format. Mm. Um, I think if they ever went to a mid-season tournament in some way to make that interesting, sure. then I think that ending will, will play some kind yeah, of a role Elam in ending, that. Yeah, I think it should. Yeah, um, I think it would be a great concept. And... If we're looking, you know, 10, 15, 20 years down the track, mm. uh, will the Elam ending become the norm for NBA games? It could. I think there is a, a re- reasonable chance that that could be the case. Yeah, I agree. It could. Um, well, I mean, the, the people that dictate that are the TV yeah. networks because they want the actual content. So what if I would that say, brings a better storyline, then they'll ask for it. What I, what I would say is that this ending benefits the, the better players. Mm. Where it has a disadvantage would be currently, you know, the, the blokes that ride the pine come and play the garbage time minutes as, it, as it's known yeah. and that can be pretty demeaning to some of those blokes sure for a lot of those guys it's their only opportunity to play mm. um, and perhaps this Elam ending takes that opportunity away for a lot of those guys yeah well it'll be interesting if it if it got instilled into a into any type of game how a coach reacts to that yeah so if you're down by you might find that uh, 10 the, points the third quarter mm. you generally tend to have maybe or the second quarter where the game yeah yeah you have those sort of guys coming in, you know, spotting minutes for, you know, basically giving rest mm. for the end, end of the game. So the, the flip kind of gets, the, the script gets flipped a little bit. You could certainly see what an Elam ending could do for the NBA is encourage competitiveness throughout more of the game. Yes. And so, because often you see in an NBA game very big swings in scores where teams will get out by 20. Start of the second 30, quarter. And then, and then the other team will rein, rein it back in and, after half time, easily when they kind of switch on, you know, and um, that's you know probably something that you want to eliminate from the game as much as you can. You want yeah. to see, as you said, you know, it's all okay for somebody who can afford a courtside seat every every night, and they do see some of the better moments. But for average Joe like you and I, I've been to probably one basketball NBA game in my life. I think, yeah, like, I'd like to see a good one when I go back. You know, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. When you are at a good one and it's uh, it's good, it's it's fantastic. And yeah, when you're at exactly. a blowout, it's just a bit meh. It's a bit rubbish, right? Yeah. yeah. Cool. Anyway, the All-Star Games were very entertaining, but we are looking forward to getting into both the footy season proper and the NBA playoffs. Yes. Now, NBA playoffs. Will our boy Ben Simmons be featuring in the playoffs? And if he does, Man. how will this nerve impingement in his back affect him? It's uh, concerning news. Oh, it is concerning. Backs are fucked. They're, like, when you, when you hurt your back... You never know what is actually going to occur. And for Ben, he's at a critical time in his career and it's probably why he's been so upset by the fact that this is this injury has taken him out of the team. And it's at a critical time for the 76ers. Just in the last game, they lost Joel Embiid to a shoulder injury of some sort. Um, and it's going to be a circumstance where they're going to struggle to get the chemistry they needed to get in the next 24, 25 games. Yeah, it was an um, interesting uh, read about the uh, the methods they had for Simmons back in that game where he did it, uh, get injured. This was what you, they, they were going to run him back and forward to the training. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, just sort of give him treatment when he subbed out. Mm. Now, to me, that would that's a, a red flag straight away. It's like, well, Seems like it, shouldn't it? play anyway if he's yeah. got a stiff back. And, then, and maybe, um, you know... Um, they knew it was a nerve thing and you couldn't do any more damage to it, but it mm. just takes time for it to, to settle up. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, the 76ers themselves, whilst they invest pretty heavily in their medical side of things and recovery, mm. their track record with injured players and what they've done to their injured players is pretty horrendous. It reads yeah, a bit don't... like a uh, Jack the Ripper story. Yeah. They don't have a lot of credibility there, do they? They have zero credit credibility. I mean, they almost mm. killed one of their draft picks last year mm. by giving, making him a diet. Um, yeah. Unbeknownst that he was had a nut allergy and he almost died yeah, as a result. And he too is is into his second year and he hasn't played. Yeah. So yeah. So we've just turned on the television and the NBL playoffs. The final series has started. Yep. Um, Perth Wildcats versus Cairns Typing. Yeah. So this game's coming live from Perth. Yeah. Uh, looks like a pretty big crowd and uh, good That'd on the Cairns s- Typans for. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, That's getting, a hell of a season from them. Yeah, they've turned it around. They didn't start too well, but. Um, they were a good team to watch, and I was really impressed with their import, Scott Machado. Yep, yep. Uh, he had He's a bit of a run. not with... to get the NBL award. Yeah, he played in the Lakers MVP last year and um, G League player, but um, had some minutes yep. um, after LeBron's injury last year and yep. uh, made the most of that. Yep. Getting an NBL contract. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he really made that fly. Welcome to FNQ, yeah. North Queensland. <laughs> Uh, there's mosquitoes and snakes and everything else around there. Yeah. But uh, before Not the break, Streety, we were talking about Ben Simmons and his yeah. back injury. What are your thoughts, mate? Is he going to get back on the court before the playoffs? Or? Oh, you know what? It's the 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 76ers, that organisation and the injury history. You, you just you don't know. You had games where Embiid injured a ligament in his finger and he was playing. You know, like basically after his finger hanging off his hand, yeah. sitting in a brace, and and he shouldn't have been because he had surgery on it not long after, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. And then he just come out and hurt his shoulder, so yeah. he's, yeah. he's going to spend time. You know, like you know, the Ben Simmons has held up pretty well, mm. um, injury wise. Yeah. But you know, for a bloke that big and that athletic, I guess there has to be some kind of concern with a nerve. Impingement. What's actually caused it? Yeah, you know? absolutely. Um, you know, is a yeah. It's a tough one. Well, um, let me ask you the bigger question. Yeah, I know what's coming. What and does it mean for the boomers leading into the maybe Tokyo Olympics? If the Olympics don't go ahead, mm. then we can breathe a sigh of relief, and the Olympics will happen in twenty twenty one. <laughs> um, and then everything's back they on won't track. Postpone the Olympics, mate. No, it'll be cancelled. Uh, listen, I'm a little bit worried for the Boomers' prospects. I at, at the moment, um, I think the priority obviously would be get back and play NBA basketball. Yeah. Um, I think we will see him back. Yeah. Um, maybe in you know two or three weeks. Yeah. Um, and how that me- what that means to the Boomers, I mm-hmm. guess. Our boomers prospects are in the hands of the Sixers playoffs. Yep. Playoff run. So if they go out and it doesn't end well for the Sixers, mm. and you know um, we start to hear stories about players' injuries and stuff like that, and then mm-hmm. then you're going to hear the following stories like, you know, it's going to take time out to rest and recover and get yep. the back right. Then yeah. then I think that really sort of uh, puts us in a spot. In saying that. I mean, it's not a battle for gold at Tokyo because yeah. the states will be sending their best team, mm. um, and we almost won a world championship medal without Ben. ben yeah, absolutely, um, we did. So yeah. you know, we're we're in, we're in with the shot, but you know, yeah, I, yeah, it's a shame. I, like, it, probably, I'm not waving the white flag yet. No, but it, it's a little bit. Um, it's what's a little bit of a worry is that. Uh, there was a good article, I think, by Olgan Ulick or however you say his name, from Fox Sports, 
on the state of Australian basketball at the moment with regards to how many players we used to have in the NBA versus how many players we now do have. So yeah. at one stage last year, there were 13 players. Yeah. And now there are currently seven contracted players in the NBA. And um, uh, so I think... Um, uh, Who would you Aaron rather? Is injured. Yeah. Ben Simmons is injured. Um, Della Vadova, I think. Oh, Inj- Dante Exum hurt himself. Injuries he's aside, out for an indefinite period of time. Did you hear that? Dante Exum broke no. his ankle. Oh, again. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. I mean, injuries aside, mm. um, I think it's probably better. And this is the selfish uh, Boomer fan thing. Sure. That you would rather your players that are on the on the fringe of the NBA playing quality minutes in another league somewhere. Where yeah, they're, where, where they're getting court time and, and playing, I agree. Um, that would be from a boomer's selfish perspective. Yeah, you would rather have them coming in having played minutes rather than not played minutes. Yep. Um, but uh, you know you can't control any of that. I mean, yeah. the player's trying to earn a living, so he goes wherever he gets yeah. paid the most, which is fair enough. Yeah. And I think Ryan broke off. I read today has had an offer from Cisco Moscow to go to the Euro League, big club. Um, yeah, and you know he'll pick up a contract in yeah. Europe somewhere, and probably deservedly so. Um, I think Jonah Bolden's bouncing around on a couple of ten-day contracts, and he did all right. And uh, he's mm. in his stint with Phoenix. Yeah. Um, yeah. On that ten-day, you know, like the Olympics are six months away. Yeah. So a, a lot can happen between now and then with yeah. regards to injuries. You know. Um, blokes can can have major sort of you know a, a tweaked meniscus or a you know torn torn ligament in the knee maybe not sure. an ACL but and yeah. then players can bounce back and, and come with that uh, so fingers crossed for Ben that the uh, back speedy recovery speedy recovery Godspeed and Ruder's back and yeah and that the playoff run is is good mm, yeah. um, you know if they have a good run I think that's that's good for the Boomers yeah um, if not well you know who knows we'll, we'll yeah, cross exactly. that bridge when we come to it but the Perth Wildcats. Ben Simmons back isn't the biggest basketball story coming out of Australia today. No. The centre of the basketball universe is coming out of Adelaide, Adelaide as, as we speak. Adelaide yeah. Big controversy. So the story there goes, they have a coach that went a bit persona non grata, didn't turn up to their presentation. <clears throat> Stories have now surfaced that he um, didn't get on with players yep. to the level where there was a non-working relationship with a number of them. With a number of them. Mm. Um, and a few things have been said in various chat groups. Um, been, it blew it's up gone very public. Today. It went very public today when their co-captain, Kevin White... So, leading up to this, Joey Wright, their coach, on, I think earlier this week, mutually agreed to part ways with the club yep. after an end-of-season review. Probably fair enough. He's been with them for a while. The performances have dropped. They didn't make the playoffs. So, basically, the coach was fired which is not uncommon in this particular time. Um, then you get the situation where the coach actually came out in local media, did a bit of a press tour, basically saying the reason I agreed to part ways with the club was because the players and I couldn't get along and the reason we didn't make the playoffs was because the three imports and one of the locals, Harry Frolling, really hated me and didn't carry their weight and therefore that's why we lost. Yeah. Um, and the you know the players obviously um, weren't really very happy about that. And one player in particular who wasn't named in that group but was a big supporter of those players, Kevin White, the co-captain of the team, came out today on Twitter and basically said, well, I'm calling a spade a spade. Joey Wright actually physically abused some players. And, um, and here's some snapshots of a WhatsApp message that where Joey actually 
says that those players that aren't on board should hang themselves. All oh, right. Um, and <laughs> so Joey Wright was contacted by media outlets and commented saying, yes, that is legitimate. I wrote that. Um, I admit that I shouldn't have wrote that. I, it, I should. It, that was going too far. Um, but he believes then that somebody releasing that information to the press um, is also a betrayal of trust and came from a disgruntled assistant coach of his. Um, he didn't name her. Um, and and he's very disappointed that that would get out in the public because he feels that that was a private conversation where he was just venting the frustrations of a work day as most people normally would. I think if you're communicating like that on a platform such as WhatsApp or Facebook Messenger chat, yeah, it's uh, it's not really that private. No, that's right. And it, clearly the professionalism of, of Joey is left to be desired. I don't know what happened there, but ultimately in... A prestigious role like a coach of an NBL team um, or any professional sporting franchise for that matter um, if you're not holding yourself to a higher standard then I think maybe you don't deserve the role yeah, yeah. so watch this space yeah exactly um, yeah. other big news out of the sporting world mm. just on the last weekend we had uh, the big heavyweight fight uh, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder a, mm. a bit of interest come back into the boxing world from another these guys. one for the dad bods yes well, so Tyson yeah. Fury, six foot nine, the Gypsy King, he calls himself. himself yeah. Quite an interesting story of his background and where he's come from and what he's had to overcome to get where he is. Mm. Um, but I've got to say, I've never seen a more unco boxer. <laughs> you did make a good comment about him. Grace the like, canvas. And what did you say? You said basically he's the sort of bloke that if you threw a ball at him, he wouldn't catch it. He wouldn't know what to do if a yeah. ball was coming at him. Yeah, like yeah. He, it's just you know you get people that are all hands and feet, and yeah. just and there's not much in between in terms of coordination. Yeah. Just watching Wilder, uh, Fury, sorry, on his feet mm. was just like, how's this guy a boxer? Like yeah. you know, like he looked very unsteady and looked like if he if he did cop one knock, yeah, he'd be over. It was a great thing to see that you know the reasonably out like well he's certainly not out of shape that's for sure but but the. The, the overweight guy in the fight as yes. opposed to the ripped guy in the fight yes. is the one that basically lasted the distance. Yes. And, you know, that's a that's a great... For the everywhere man who basically gets to that level, it was really great to see. So, yeah. Um, but, and, a, and a really great set of circumstances for him and his team because it was a big comeback for him. I think there was a bit of talk about he wouldn't be able to do it again. Yeah. But he's obviously put a hell of a lot of work in. But what about... And I'm calling him Unko like, like you know, if we, we saw him you catching the footy or playing basketball, well, A, I wouldn't tell him yeah, because yeah, yeah. like I just would not want to be on no, the end of one enough. of his hits. Yeah, absolutely. He um, would be dead. Yeah. He would. He's, he's obviously... Well, remember when Tyson was at his peak and we'd watch those fights and you'd say, could you take a hit from him? Well, yeah. It's not about could you survive a round because you'd never survive a round because some of the best boxers in the world didn't survive a round with Tyson when he was at his actual peak, you know? Yeah. But... But could you take a hit flush in the face from Tyson? And I think he'd be dead. Oh, well, for sure. Know, I would be anyway. So Yeah, it'd bust me in half. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the, probably the funniest story that came out of that fight um, was Deontay Wilder and his... Yeah. I, I would rate this as maybe the most pathetic excuse no, for a loss yeah. in any sporting contest. Yeah. And that was that his costume... So he wore a, a, a <clears> costume... <throat> everyone's seen the photo. Hmm. Uh, this costume with this big mask... Um, I thought he was paying homage to Black Panther, and I'm sure there's a bit of an element to that. Yeah. But uh, he blamed the loss on the weight yeah. of his um, costume. 
saying that cost him the fight. Yeah. Uh, now, why? Because it made his legs tired or something, right? Yeah, I mean, let's just get real for a sec. What happened to just a robe with a hood? Mm. That's what they used to rock out. Is there any need for this? Well, there's... A, so, do you know where I think this came from? I was, I was actually flicking through Foxtel the other night, and the movie channel was on, and uh, what's it called? Balboa 2 was on, right? Okay. No, is it Balboa? No, not Balboa. So Creed 2. Creed 2, yeah. So, so if you're anyone who doesn't know... Apollo Creed from the Rocky movies. There's a couple of spin-off movies being made, which is apparently about his son becoming a boxer. Yeah. What happened in that particular movie, there was this really elaborate walkout for the two boxers in the boxing match. Yeah. And I think now like that, you know, the boxing foundations have seen that. They've opened it up to the creative genius of the fighters. So instead and of... said, you can walk out to whatever you want. Let's make that part of the show. Let's so make it like a bit yeah. of like WWE. So it's not a case of art imitating life. It's life imitating art. That's exactly right. And yeah. and so the boxers are now able to choose not just what music they walk out to, but what sort of show gets put on. And so um, it's all getting a bit out of hand. I mean, even Tyson Fury came out on a king's throne, getting carried by like <laughs> six or eight very huge men you know yeah who, and you know maybe he was the smarter one because he got carried to the ring maybe that's why he wasn't so tired well so. you, know, you never know mm. um but i will say that i in my very uneducated uh boxing um you know um views i'd have to say that the punch to wilder's head which resulted in a burst eardrum and blood pouring yeah. from his ear yep Played a, a bigger role yeah. in his loss. Rather than his tired legs. Than his tired legs from yeah. his 25 kilo yeah. costume. Yeah, I would suggest the fact that you couldn't get your head out of the way of some of those yeah. probably is the is the better excuse for why yeah. you got beat. You've got a funny little internet tidbit that you uh, mentioned earlier uh, about Wilder. Oh, yeah. So, and his, um, so, so actually, yeah. So that claim from Wilder obviously was treated with the same disdain that we treated it. Of course. By many people on the internet. Rightly so. Yep. And what some of them did was they, as people on the internet do, trawl because everything is recorded. That's they right. Trawled back through um, his previous press conferences and media appearances, and they came across a podcast recorded probably about uh, eighteen months or so ago, where um, Deontay Wilder basically said that part of his training, a big part of his training, is training for every session wearing a 20 key, 25 kilo weight vest um, in order to activate fast twitch muscle fibers and practice those for the fight. Um, and uh, lo and behold, the weight of the costume was about 25 kilos. <laughs> and so they also then said, okay, if we... So they brought that to the world's attention and then a few, a few naysayers or probably some wilder fans said, oh, well, that doesn't necessarily mean that's how he prepared for this fight because it was 18 months ago. So they went back to the internet and they mm-hmm. found some footage of him about two weeks before the fight running and training in a 25 kilo weight vest. <laughs> so so it's not that we needed to prove that that was a stupid thing to say, but the internet never forgets. It never forgets. Yes. So, um, and, and they will find whatever they need to on you. So well, I can, uh, I can make you a promise in Fury vs. Wild uh, 3. Yep. He won't be wearing that thing again. No, I suggest he probably won't now that he's claimed that. Yeah. I wonder if he will just walk out in your good old-fashioned robe um, with the hood over it. Yes. And, you know... With and, a couple of sparkles or something. Or and some, the smelling some, salts underneath, some uh, sequins, underneath yep. the lips. Go, go retro. Yep. And ready to go. Yeah. So, 
you may just do that, so yes. which would be quite funny to watch. And you know, uh, a little bit of uh, Hollywood to this. Um, Michael B. Jordan, the actor yeah. that was in Apollo Creed, also played the bad guy <clears throat> in Black Panther. Ah, so well, there there's, some, there's some tie-ins for you. Coincidence, but anyway, don't watch boxing because it's rigged anyway. Well, I got to say, I actually found that entertaining, and I went to a soccer function for my son's soccer club, oh, yeah. and I rocked into the uh, local sporting bowling club. Mm. And I couldn't believe how many people were there. Yeah. Like, it was packed. And yep. I was like, what's going on here? And then I, I, the first thing I saw was this costume. And I thought, oh, there must be a UFC fight. Yeah. Then I saw um, Fury, and I'm like, oh, shit, this, bo- this boxing's on. Yeah. So I, you know, didn't go to the function for the first half an hour. I just stood, stood, in, the, stood in the club and watched the watch, uh, Well, there was actually... Watched the match. There was quite a big, big fighting, you know, like combat sport day. Yeah, because UFC like New Zealand. UFC New Zealand, there was the Tyson Fury fight, and there was something else happened as well. Yeah. I don't know what it was. And they reckon this um, this this Fury vs. Wilder number two was probably one of the, the biggest boxing heavyweight yeah. headliner for the last 20-something years. Probably yeah. not since Tyson and vs. Holyfield has, yeah. has, has, has there been a bigger heavyweight. They said heavyweight. something like it was the biggest gate-takings from that, is it? Like compared to that anyway. So. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, interesting. So anyway, it's always nice to see the... Uh, the Yobbo Gypsy Brit, you know, yep. a little bit like um, Brad Pitt in... Um, well, did you see the way he celebrated? Did you see the end? Like in how he encouraged the crowd to sing bye-bye Miss American Pie. <laughs> He's got a sense of humour about he him. Does. He's actually probably one of the more articulate sports yes, people. Yes, uh, an yeah. articulate Gypsy Yob. It's, um, it's, it, yeah. he's, he's a... Be a fascinating listen to in yeah. an interview and a, a podcast. Yeah, he's a fascinating. He's a bit of an. He's an enigma wrapped in a riddle. I think. So. Another, another thing that happened in the world of sport this week, and I'm sure you're aware of, is there was a a runner, and I can't remember what country he's from. It was maybe Uganda. Uh, he broke the world five kilometer oh, yeah. time trial run. Yeah. Um, wearing a pair of the Nike Vaporflies. Yeah. That's um, right. and I think they said that they wouldn't. Um, accept the time yep. as a record, but they wouldn't ban the shoes yeah. yet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's getting worse. The the controversy around that. It's a bit of a shame. Like, because uh, I want to believe that these guys are running it just based purely on the fact that they're running those speeds. But it is, I, I, you know, I do admit that it is starting to come around to the fast skin suit type scenario. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, there's there are some things happening in running that that you kind of look at and you go, well, geez, that's a coincidence that it happens So what's right actually now. in the vapor? Is there some kind of like a, yeah. a, a rigid sort of, you know, profile that goes underneath uh, the yeah. sole of the shoe that sort of gives some kind of rebound or a spring back? Or is yeah. it like the uh, LA gear, the catapults, you know, with the little springs in the heels that uh, supposedly the, the basketball players gain yeah. the unfair advantage from? Yeah, a little bit. So... Um, so when you have a look at the 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 Nike Vaporfly, I've got a picture of it up here for you. But um, ultimately, what's what's what it's meant to do, and what the way the design is meant to work, is that the extra cushioning and the and the substance that forms the cushioning in the shoe. So if you see that picture where there's different layers, and we'll try and post that on our yeah, we'll screen, our screenshot medias, that. But um, what it's effectively meant to do, whenever you or foot strikes the ground in a running race there's a certain amount of energy expended through your body into the ground. Yep. And um, typically, when in a traditional pair of shoes and on a road, um, that energy is lost to the runner, right? Because yep. it just basically passes through, um, hits the road, and basically all that force or power is lost. Um, and uh, so what the cushioning, extra cushioning in the Vaporfly 
next or whatever. A carbon-infused launch pad. Yes. It effectively captures that energy and that force and returns it back to propel the runner back onto their feet into good running form. So it helps the runner basically stay in um, in a good running form on the on the top of their toes, moving forward with momentum, right? And over the course of uh, five kilometers um, or any type of distance, it's meant to have the ability to give you around about four percent increase on your performance. All right. So I guess four percent is a, is a big amount if we're talking in huge. hundreds of millions, hundreds of seconds. Um, huge when you're talking about the top end of the sport. Well, what about sprinters? You know, like sprinters that wear spikes on those, you know, mm. on the tracks. You know, the spikes yeah. obviously have to help them grip and run. Sure. Yeah. You yeah. know, should we then take records off? Sprinters you wear them, or should we, should we make them have a barefoot race and then a, a, a spiked race? Or Yeah, well, it's a good point. I mean, it is one thing to consider because ultimately that is effectively what you are doing is you're saying that, you know, it, it, it's shutting down innovation and, and I guess, development of those type of things. Um, but it, it, it's a theory and a discussion that's going to go on for many years because yeah. there are some people that believe that, you know, the advantage that those runners get is an unfair one. Um, I mean, I personally can't see a face value an issue with, with, with shoes and, and records being broken sure. because I think, you know, the more we evolve in, in yeah. inverted commas, you know, or, or perfect or body hack ourselves, sure, and we, this yeah. is something we covered a couple of episodes ago. Yeah. You know, if you just left that pair of shoes sitting on a track, mm. it's not going to do anything without a, a person or a, a feet in them. No, that's right. Um, this carbon-infused launch pad, yeah. um, it it needs to have energy put into it in yep. order to it for it to flex back or whatever. Yeah, so that energy is generated by the, the by the the per, well, the person running. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if if you where where it differs is say mountain bike riders who are on an e-bike. Obviously, yeah. that is an advantage because you're then bringing in something that is artificially powered. Yeah. Or, or there, and there's an assist to that. Yeah, yeah. Where if there's nothing. You know, powering these shoes yeah. to you know, if it's nothing's plugged into your muscles to give you, you know, your your fibers to twitch quicker. Yep. I think maybe you know. Um, well, interestingly it depends enough, depends on you've got to wonder who is against like where where are the calls against the Nike shoes coming from? Well, that's what oh, that's that's the interesting part. So, is it coming from Adidas or Puma? Who a lot of it's coming from the other athletes, but but there's a context to that. It, it's actually not coming from them. So. The athletes that don't have Nike sponsorships are the ones that are speaking out against it. And that's because what they're saying is it's creating an unlevel playing field. They don't actually have a problem with the shoe being in the sport, but what they have a problem with is, is that the technology is not available to the manufacturer of the shoes that they wear, and therefore they're not seeing the race as being a fair race, right? Mm. Um, because so do you agree largely, you- largely that's where the, the kickback is where coming from. Where do you from. sit on that? Um, I... I, I, I can see their point, right? But largely, I kind of the way I probably see it is, um, well, that may be no different to someone choosing a certain training methodology. LeBron James and, spends over a million dollars a year on his body exactly. in rest, recovery, all yeah. these all, you know and, forms of, you know, um, yeah. you know, body hacking, you know, yeah, like yeah. stretch, all, all these sort of, you know, he's kind of ahead of the curve in that. He invests heavily in that. Yeah, exactly. And, and he's I, got the resources too where maybe a guy in the G League doesn't. That's right. Should and should LeBron not because the other guy can't afford it? Well, and also, should the sport not develop or see the development or play of somebody like LeBron 
or the achievements of a guy wearing those shoes because the rest of the sport can't keep up. I mean, where do you draw the line yeah. in terms of the fact that at certain points in time, it's like you said around this Elam ending, right? That could be a natural evolution for basketball. Well, this shoe could be the start of a natural evolution for running, yeah. right? Where actually all of the shoes have that and therefore or have some type of technology like that and the shoe manufacturers get better and better at that hmm. and that then actually becomes a little bit part of it. It's a little bit like Formula One, for example. Like Formula One is a technology race as much as it is a sporting event. Yeah. And so that's why they give out a manufacturer's championship at the same time. Hmm. And so largely the teams are rewarded um, from victories by also by being really good at technology development and testing and development yeah. of the car and setting it up the right way. Now, certainly F1 has a hell of a lot of regulations to try and level that playing field out. But but often that's to the detriment of the sport. There are people that say that that's held the sport back. And, you know, this the same circumstance could occur in running. You yeah. Know, like that ultimately by banning this shoe, you could be holding the sport back from its next natural evolution. I, I think that... Um is yeah, kind of on the money. Do we know where the IOC is at with these shoes? Um, look, they haven't banned them, and yep. and they're still and runners are still able to wear them. The biggest thing that will that will drive the IOC or anybody towards an outcome on this, the US Olympic marathon trials are up soon, and the US Olympic marathon trials are one of the the biggest events in the running community. They're not that well known across the world. Yeah. But if you follow running, you know all the participants. You know who the, all those that have qualified because there's some great stories there, right? Yeah. There's some middle school teachers that came out and ran in Chicago Marathon and smashed out a PB. So yeah, you know, there's an average Joe going up against pro runners here. Yeah. Um, and some of them make the Olympic team. It's they've got three spots like everybody else. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's very competitive. What you will find is if the three place getters in the US Olympic marathon trials are wearing Nike Alpha Fly or whatever they're called like Nike Plus or whatever yeah um, then the IOC will it will attract their attention well I can promise you that the runners who are favoured or you know the, the top seeds mm. won't chance it and they bet your bottom dollar they'll wear those shoes oh god yeah if you're a Nike sponsored athlete you're wearing nothing but that right now yeah that's it's like the fast skin suits, mate. You're an idiot if you don't wear it. Yeah. If it's not banned and you got access to it, then if you don't strap them on, then you're a fool. I can see a little bit of a difference between the suits and the shoes mm. just because, I mean, the suit, the, the swimsuit differs from a shoe in the sense that you're you're reducing your friction, yeah. you know, just by going through a water. So yeah. it's, it's more, the suit has more of an influence on the, you still have to swim, but like you're, mm. Basically, you know, you know, you're cutting out um, a lot of that drag, but yeah. that's the whole whole idea. Oh, look, absolutely, and and the fast skin suit was a huge, a huge game changer for swimming, but it probably changed more. It's like it had a bigger impact on people's ability to swim faster than these shoes will have on somebody's ability to run faster. Yeah, and and you know, everyone kind of focuses on Kipchoge's sub two hour marathon and said. You know, that would not have been possible without these shoes. 
I disagree with that. I think Kipchoge's sub two-hour marathon wouldn't have been possible without all the other variables and they yeah, control. I, I think the pace like set that was probably, a probably completely s- manufactured environment. So and then I think the you're, digital sort of uh, projections onto the uh, onto the ground of, to keep up with this. Absolutely, and, and the manufactured course. That course was leveled out. That was that whole course was laid particularly yeah. for that race, right? Like, yeah. Um, there were so many different variables of a normal race that were controlled for that event. Yeah. And and that's why it's not recognized as a marathon world record. And I respect that. Yeah. But I respect bigger the fact that basically the sport took a huge leap in terms of its development by seeing somebody run a sub two hour mm. marathon. I mean, can you imagine if, if, if Nike developed a technology for basketball shoes where um, it... Um, you know, upon jumping, you had some kind of, you know, a boost or, yeah. you know, and, uh, this is all, you know, produced from, from the sole of the shoe, nothing sort of in there mm. electronically or anything. Yeah. Um, but it sort of had some kind of energy return system where, you know, when, when you exploded and jumped, it sort of, you know, flexed in a certain way. Yeah. But then when you landed, it had a shock absorbing property, which, yeah. you know, if they could then sell that as, well, this is going to reduce the likelihood of uh, yeah. impact injuries on your joints on yeah. the way down. Yeah. You know, um, but, you, you know, knows, the, are they going to ban that because that it makes you jump yeah. high, but by the same token, you're less likely to get hurt? Yeah. Do you know the reality here is, is that, Nike couldn't hope for a better response to this shoe oh, totally. than what they've got, right? Like, I mean, yeah. And 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 to be honest, there'd be executives at Nike that would be hoping this thing gets banned, because you remember this, the popularity and the Jordan brand and what's happened to it, and a lot of that is put down to that pivotal moment where the NBA banned Jordan from wearing the. I think it was like the, the first, one of the first versions of the Air Jordans in an All Star game. Yeah, they banned him, and then everybody wanted the shoes. Like in reality, LA Gear catapults. I think Carmelo Malone actually yeah. were, was was wearing them, and then they mm. banned him. Yeah, in the early days. The controversy around this shoe, they if they ban them for the pros, that's not going to stop the flood of people like average Joe runner like me. Well, it's, it's the same them. as um, the same. I'll, as, I'll take four percent, mate. Anytime. Peptides are you know legal yeah. for your average Joe mm. in to, yeah, to yeah, aid yeah. in recovery from injuries and stuff. But, yeah, you know, for right. a professional, it's it, it's illegal. Yep. But it's not actually an illegal substance per no, se. No. It's just banned amongst the sporting yeah. bodies. I mean, for me, who's just a yeah, normal weekend runner and looking to just get as better, as good as I can at the sport because I enjoy it, mate, my reality is I spend money on, I already spend money on physios, personal trainers, dietitians, all that sort of stuff. Mate, you want me to drop 250 bucks on a pair of shoes? No problem. Like, yeah, I mean, I've been. If you can uh, guarantee me to give me four percent. My my knee history is pretty well chronicled with mm. uh, a pretty you know, major dose of osteoarthritis, but yeah. uh, I've been taking injections yeah, um, yeah, okay. of you know a, a a produced replication of a a substance that the body produces. Yeah, um, and that has had major positive yeah. effects yeah, yeah. on the health of, of my knee. Yeah. So, absolutely. you know, if it, if it's there to use, yeah, definitely. And the, use and it. this is where I would say. You know, I would recommend that the professional running associations don't ban the actual shoe, just purely on the basis of you can't hold back technology. Technology yeah. will change your sport, so you're better off to just and embrace. How it. many more people are going to get into running because hmm. they think they can run better with these shoes? Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, a heap, I reckon, for sure. And it will keep people in running for longer. And it would be the same if they developed a shoe for basketball the same way, mate. Anyway, very interesting times. Yeah, um, I don't endorse Nike, but I would like to. So. <laughs> yeah, we're happy to do our slot a uh, Nike ad into our little break we had tonight. Whenever you're ready, <laughs> we'll edit that in. No, yeah, no dramas. Right. Yeah. Um, 
I think we've covered pretty much all there is for yeah, tonight's show. it's been show. a long one tonight. We've had a few interruptions, which is fine, but right now what we're watching Cairns actually do is take it right up to Perth in, over there in Pretty high-quality game. It is a high-quality game, and Bryce Cotton just tried to cross up his defender and just crossed himself up, which is fantastic. Yeah. I really like seeing people give a game to Perth in Perth. It's fantastic because I hate Trevor Gleeson. Well, Cairns actually uh, gave it to him earlier in the regular season in Perth. Yeah, I don't Perth. think they've actually beat them very often this no. year, Perth. So, yeah. Anyway, old baby Shaq, Nate Jawad, has got an offensive foul. Yeah, anyway. A big dunk early. He's going well. Been well it's been good while. to talk to you again, Shruti. Yes, thank you. Uh, Thanks for, for listening, everybody. Listening, everyone. Don't forget to jump on to our Facebook. You can find us on all good podcasting apps mm. because you've done that already because you're listening. That's right. But for any new listeners, send them to Spotify or iTunes or other yep. listening apps. Those two are the, the major ones and the best ones. Yeah. Um, and we will see you next episode. We'll be number 37. And if something doesn't pop up before, we'll, we will be previewing the NRL yep. and AFL seasons for 2020. Sounds good. Until then, have a good one. Adios, amigos.